Hello world and welcome to the House of Bliss podcast, your favorite show you've never heard of and the internet's best kept secret. You know, it seems like everywhere I go these days, the airwaves are filled with horrible news. So I'm starting a whole new segment of short episodes devoted specifically to delivering the most exquisite testimonies of God's grace and power in our lives. These mini episodes will catalog God's stories from my life and the lives of my friends. But these are no mere stories. You know, Bill Johnson has pointed out that when the Bible says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, it's saying that when we hear a testimony, we're actually inviting the Lord to repeat in our life what he's done in someone else's. God doesn't play favorites. So if you hear a testimony that speaks to you, just posture your heart as if you're receiving a prophetic word. Now, let's move on to today's God story. Ha 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 Well, hey everybody, for today's God story, I wanted to do something just a little bit different. I'm going to share a testimony from my own life, but before I do, I want to set it up with some context. So I'm going to share a few stories from the Bible, from Christian history, and a few modern testimonies, and then I will share my own experience. So we're going to start off today with a strange account from the book of 2 Kings, and it starts with a little weasel of a man named Gehazi. Here's the setup. In the Old Testament, a foreign king hears that there is a prophet named Elisha with healing powers in the land of Israel. Now, it just so happens that his favorite servant, Naaman, has a bad skin disease called leprosy. And so he sends him off to Israel, loaded up with gifts of clothing and gold and all of that, uh, in hopes that he could be healed. And so this foreign king sends out Naaman, and then Elisha sends Gehazi, his servant, on his behalf to go out and meet him. Naaman ends up getting healed of the skin disease, and then understandably, he wants to thank Elijah with a lavish, uh, extravagant gift from his king. But Elisha told Gehazi specifically not to, not to accept any gifts, but to simply bless Naaman with healing in the name of the God of Israel. And so that's where we're going to pick up the story. It says, but he hadn't gone far when Gehazi, servant to Elisha, the holy man, said to himself, my master has let this Naaman slip through his fingers without so much as a thank you. By the living God, I'm going after him to get something or other for him. And so Gehazi took off after Naaman. Naaman saw him running after him and jumped down from his chariot to greet him. Is something wrong? Nothing's wrong, but something has come up. My master has sent me to tell you, two young men just showed up from the hill country of Ephraim, brothers from the guild of the prophets. Supply their needs with a gift of 75 pounds of silver and a couple of sets of clothes. And Naaman said, of course, how about 150 pounds, Naaman insisted. So he tied up the money in two sacks and gave him two sets of clothes and even gave him two servants to carry the gifts back for him. When they got to the fort on the hill, Gehazi took the gifts from his servants, stored them inside, and sent the servants back. He returned and stood before his master. Elisha said, So, what have you been up to, Gehazi? Nothing much, he said. Elisha said, Didn't you know I was with you in spirit when that man stepped down from his chariot to greet you? 
Tell me, is this a time to look after yourself, lining your pockets with gifts? Naaman's skin disease will now infect you and your family with no relief in sight. And Gehazi walked away, his skin flaky and white as snow. Honestly, I don't remember hearing this story much uh, in Sunday school when I was a kid. I definitely don't remember hearing about the part where Elisha was able to send his spirit out and see what Gehazi was doing from far away. But believe it or not, the ability to step outside of the physical body and into the realm of the spirit is all throughout the Bible and church history. A similar scenario happened when Jesus met Nathaniel. When Nathaniel asked Jesus how he knew so much about him before they even met, Jesus responded by saying, I saw you when you were sitting underneath the fig tree. So it kind of made me wonder if this is what the Apostle Paul meant when he said, I am with you in spirit. But this concept is not just limited to the pages of scripture. The Catholic Church has so many instances of this that they recognize a whole subcategory of miracles called bilocation. Here's an account of St. Anthony of uh, Padua. I don't know how you say that. Padua. Paduan. Among his many mystical gifts was that of bilocation. One account tells us that he was preaching one Easter Sunday in the Cathedral of Montpellier in the presence of the clergy and a vast multitude, when suddenly he remembered that he was expected to sing at the same time at the solemn high mass in the choir of a neighboring convent monastery. Distressed that he had forgotten his appointment, he drew the cowl of his habit over his face, sank back into the pulpit, and remained silent for a long time. His biographer continues, At the moment when he ceased speaking in the cathedral, though all the while visible to the congregation, he appeared in the monastery choir among his brethren and sang his office. At the close of his service, he recovered himself in the pulpit of the cathedral, and as the chronicler says, finished his sermon with incomparable eloquence. So basically, he double booked himself, and when he realized it, he just sank down into his pulpit, sent his spirit off to this neighboring church to finish his singing in the choir, and then came back to his body and finished his sermon. That is awesome. Now, here's another one, uh, and this has got to be my personal favorite that I've read so far about the lady in blue. Her name was Mary de Jesus de Agreda. And uh, I'm going to read you a quick passage from the Modern Fountain of Knowledge, Wikipedia. It says, Between 1620 and 1623, Mary of Jesus reported that she was often transported by the aid of angels to a settlement of people called the Humanos. The Humano Indians of New Spain, what is now today Texas and New Mexico, had long been requesting missionaries. Eventually, a mission led by the Franciscan friar Juan de Salas visited them in 1629. The abbess reported further but less frequent visits afterwards, all while she physically remained in the monastery at Agreda. They are thus considered bilocations, an event where a person is, or seems to be, in two places at the same time. Before sending the friars, Father Alonso de Banavides, custodian of New Mexico, asked the natives why they were so eager to be baptized. They said because they had been visited by the lady in blue who had told them to ask the fathers for help, pointing to a painting of a nun in a blue habit and saying she was dressed like that, but a beautiful young girl. 
The visiting humanos indicated that the lady in blue had visited them in the area now known as Salinas National Monument, south of modern-day Mountaineer, New Mexico, about 65 miles south of Albuquerque. So basically, at night, she would spend time in prayer in her convent. Angels would come and take her spirit to these Native Americans, and that entire time she was prepping them, getting them ready, uh, so that by the time missionaries actually showed up, they were already ready to be baptized. Here's a little more clarity on that story from RomanCatholicSaints.com. It says, Between 1621 and 1631, when Mary of Agreda was between 19 and 29 years of age, she made something like 500 visits to the Texas Indians, coming as it seemed to them from the hills on their horizon and returning that way after her instructions were over. When these Indians presented themselves to the Franciscan missionaries in New Mexico and asked for fathers to be sent to them, it was learned that a lady in blue had often come among them, instructed them, and ordered them to seek out missionaries to baptize them. Upon investigation, it was learned that this lady in blue was Mary of Agreda, who, when she was put under obedience to tell what happened, she had no explanation. She could not say how she got there, only that when she was praying for the welfare of this tribe, she found herself among them and began to instruct them. Presently, she found herself home again, and this happened many times. A bishop testified that when the venerable Mary of Agreda went into an ecstasy, her body was raised a bit above the ground and appeared to have no weight, moving even to a slight breeze. She would often remain in this state for hours. Such an amazing story. Um, And there's tons more like this, but this actually isn't just limited to the pages of history either. There are loads of modern mystics out there who have stories of showing up in two places at once. In fact, one of my classmates at uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry was just in a regular old Sunday morning worship service when the Holy Spirit took over. Uh, He went down and was on the floor for, I don't know, half hour, an hour, um, which which happens all the time out there. Um, this was in Redding, California. So when he got up, though, he had texts from his pastor uh, and some of his friends saying that they had seen him and spoken to him at a restaurant in his hometown in Washington State, which is like 13 hours away. Now, another friend of mine, Katie Veach, who has been on this podcast, uh, she was on a mission trip somewhere in South America and she, It was the first time in her life that she had ever been, but when she got there, there were people there that insisted that they'd already met her. She, of course, protested, saying, no, I've never been to this region before, but they were insistent. It was definitely her that appeared to them. Another one of my favorite speakers, John Crowder, accidentally double-booked himself. Uh, He's got this story where he was supposed to speak at a conference in Ireland, but had to cancel because he already booked himself to speak in America. During that evening, when he was done preaching in the United States, he got text messages from his friends saying that they had seen him come in and out of the room several times during the conference in Ireland. So it's like he was two places at once. Now, all of this might sound really strange to you, but honestly, it's all over the Bible. Jesus, Philip, Elisha, Ezekiel, John the Revelator, Elisha. These are just some of the examples of people who stepped outside of their bodies and into the realm of the Spirit. 
Paul himself even spoke of being caught up into paradise, where he wrote, whether it was in or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And so with all of that set up, um, I want to share two brief experiences that I've had with uh, traveling in the Spirit. And then I want to pray for you. So last summer, I was lying down in my bed praying. This was probably about noon. And all of a sudden, I went into a vision that was so intense. It felt as if I had left the room. And in this vision, I saw so clearly a little baby boy hooked up to various machines in a hospital bed. Um, And as I was praying for him in this vision, I suddenly snapped back into my body. So later that very evening, a friend contacted me because someone she knew had just admitted their baby boy to the hospital and they were seeking out people who would come pray for him to be raised from the dead. Sadly, uh, the boy didn't end up making it or being raised, but the presence of God was so strong in that hospital room. And through that experience, through going in the confidence of of seeing that, of seeing God's heart for the situation, I was able to stand with this family in faith and minister to their hearts during such a painful and awful time. And honestly, I walked away from that experience changed because it was literally a nightmare scenario. And yet this family uh, was just so full of faith, so full of joy. So I'm really glad that I got to do that. But another time, um, and this was two summers ago, I was praying on my back porch. Um, I was sitting in a lawn chair and all of a sudden, I don't know how to describe it, but it, it's like I, it, it was like I was falling. There was like this, I could almost hear it like a distinct whoosh. And I found myself um, at a friend's house who lives over on the East Coast. It's hard to describe because I was seeing things that were obviously spiritual, like, uh, but they were overlaid against my view of reality. And so in this vision, I saw my friend sitting at his desk and I noticed that he had a, like a, like a knife or a sword stuck in his lower back. Um, and I saw a bunch of other stuff too, but one of the main things was I saw all these angels coming in with bags of money. And so when I came back to my body, uh, it felt like waking up from one of those dreams where it's, it takes a while to find out if the dream was even real or not. Like it felt so real. And so immediately I called my friend and I shared what I saw with him. And as it turned out, he had pain in his lower back in that spot where I saw the sword sticking out. And so I prayed for him over the phone and he was completely healed. All the pain left. Uh, But not only that, all the other stuff that I saw in the vision, I described it to him and it had some kind of deep prophetic meaning to him that I wasn't aware of. I was just communicating what I saw. A few months later, this same person got a very large donation to help with their ministry, which uh, kind of explains the angels with the money bags. And so here we are in 2020, and there's a travel ban. 
I don't know about you, but I love uh, traveling the world to minister and to share the gospel with people. And so um, I, I've been just like itching to get back out there, um, which is why this subject has come up in my heart, because thank God that we are first and foremost citizens of heaven and we don't have to play according to the rules of the natural realm. We are living in the dimension called in Christ. And uh, if he's everywhere and we are one with him, then I'm not sure how it all works, but I know that there is no time or space or distance in the realm of God. And so we, we are just beginning to learn how to see that reality bend uh, to the will of God, right? So if we're not allowed to fly... Um, I'm just believing that as I share these testimonies and uh, as, as I share this with you guys, that it's going to stir something up in you, that in your own prayer times, you guys are going to be sucked into different visions that um, if there's a place on your heart that you feel a burn for, uh, which is a common theme, like in, in these stories is when people felt um, like a burden to pray for something, they would actually just find themselves there or having dreams about being there. And so I'm just going to pray for you. Holy Spirit, we say yes, 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 yes. We want everything that you have for us. There is nothing on the buffet table <laughs> that we don't want. We, If, if you want to bilocate us and take us places, Jesus, we are in. We are 100% in. And so, Lord, right now, I just release angels, angels, angels. Uh, thank you, Lord. Just like Ezekiel was carried off by angels, just like John was carried off in the Spirit, Spirit by angels in the book of Revelation. And just like Saint Mary de Jesus was carried off by angels to be able to minister, uh, Lord, I pray that you release those carrying angels, that we would find ourselves in the places where you want us to be so we can share, so we can lift our voice, so we can care for people, and so we can see this supernatural, glorious gospel uh, take root all over the earth, no matter what we're allowed to do, no matter what the physical realm is saying, I thank you that we belong to a higher realm. So Lord, I just release it. Whoa. I just release those encounters, encounters, encounters. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And Lord, right now, I just release a fresh uh, fire for the gospel in the hearts of everyone listening. And I release a fresh wave of heavy miracle glory. Maybe they've prayed for people a hundred times and never seen a healing. But Lord, I just release it right now. Today that changes. They're going to start laying their hands on the sick and seeing them healed, just as you said. And uh, just as I'm sitting here praying, I keep hearing the name like Linda or or Glenda. I can't quite tell, uh, but I feel like there's something going on in your chest. I, I don't know if it's like your lungs or your heart or whatever, but I felt like there was just something that God wanted to release. If your name is Linda or Glenda or whatever, uh, so just put your hand on your chest and maybe that just describes you in general. You've got lung problems, uh, chest problems, pain in your chest, tightness, whatever. Just put your hand on your chest. I just release healing power in the name of Jesus. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Fire of God. Just rest on them. Healing, healing, healing. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Woo! Amen. 
thank you so much for listening to the House of Bliss podcast. If you'd like to support this ministry, it is super easy to do so. All you've got to do is go down and hit the link in the description, visit our Patreon page, and sign up. Any amount of monthly giving is going to unlock all kinds of extras and behind-the-scenes rewards. Another quick and easy way you can support us is you can just give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Each and every one of those goes a long way. I'm praying that God seals everything you heard today in your heart and that you stay rooted and grounded in His everlasting love. Thanks again. God bless.